Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Well, today marks the beginning of Holy Week. I don't know if you knew that or not, but today marks the beginning of Easter week. On Friday, we're going to be celebrating our Lord's ultimate sacrifice on the cross. We hope that you join us. It's going to be at 730. And here's a really cool part. At least I think it's really cool. Our Spanish congregation is going to be joining us. We're going to be having a combined service. Oh, yeah. Amen. So, so it's going to be really cool. We're going to, it's going to be a bilingual service. And uh, I'm going to be sharing a word with you called because he died. You know, when you look at the death of Jesus, physically speaking, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that they would treat him and that he would die and that he would end up the way he ended up. But it is when you look at it spiritually that you realize that those grievous, horrible, disgusting physical events are in reality glorious benefits for you and for me. So we're going to be talking about that on Friday at 7.30. And on Friday, we celebrate Good Friday, the death of our our Savior. And then on Sunday, how many of you guys are ready for Sunday? I'm excited. I'm ready. If if you follow me on any of my social medias, everywhere I go, I've been putting flyers. Yesterday, I went to go buy some Chinese food, and I left some flyers there. I was at, at Costco, and I left some flyers there. Everywhere I'm going, I am putting flyers. I hope you're inviting somebody. If you have not invited someone, it is not too late to do that. And let me give you a little secret. You ready for this? I know some of you like to show up fashionably late to church. (laughs) This coming Sunday is the one Sunday you don't want to get late to church. Because from the very get-go, we're going to have something very special and powerful going on. And here's the thing. I believe we're going to have a full house. We're even going to add some extra chairs in here. And we are preparing our chapel for overflow. So you'll want to have a good seat. Amen? So next Sunday, we're going to be celebrating our Lord's resurrection. And I'm going to share a message with you because he lives. Amen? But today, today I want to talk to you about Palm Sunday. About Jesus' triumphal entry. See, most of us know Jesus as our Savior. Most of us know that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, but that he did not die. He resurrected on the third day. We see Jesus as the sacrificial lamb. We see Jesus as the savior of the world. We see Jesus as the power of God. But what many people do not see Jesus as is a king. And the Bible tells us that he is the king of kings and lord of lords. So many see Jesus as a savior. Many see Jesus as a, as a good teacher. But not many people can see Jesus as king. 
And before he went to the cross and before he resurrected on the third day, he made his entry declaring that he was the king of kings and lord of lords. But here's the trick. Many people couldn't see that. Many people saw something and they still missed it. So today I want to talk to you on the topic of can you see the king? Can you see the king? Look at what Luke 19, 33 through 44 says. If you would open up your bulletins, there's an outline in there. You can take that out and follow along with me. Look at what Luke, and by the way, you can find the triumphal entry in the other gospels. Uh, there was something that I liked about Luke, so that's why we're picking the gospel of Luke to look at it. In verse uh, 33 of chapter 19, it begins by saying, As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. Now, let me stop there. If you're not familiar with this story, Jesus is on his way back to Jerusalem because he knows he's going to be taken captive. He's going to be killed, but he's going to resurrect. But before he goes into Jerusalem, he tells two of his disciples, hey, go to this village and you're going to find a donkey. And next to the donkey, you're going to find a colt. A colt was a donkey that hadn't been ridden. He says, I want you to untie it and bring it to me. You would think that Jesus is stealing a donkey, right? right. I mean, that's what we would call stealing, right? But here's what you need to understand. And here's where we see the first big sign of Jesus declaring that he's king. In those days, the Roman law said that the king could take any animal he needed to ride on. So without saying, and those of you that are young, you know, you know the tell me you're Mexican without telling me you're Mexican. Well, here's Jesus telling you he's king without telling you he's king. And he sends his disciples to go and tie a colt so that he could ride it. And he's not stealing property because he's king. Amen. Amen? Let's continue reading there. Verse 35. They brought it to Jesus, threw their clothes on the cold, and put Jesus on it, right? As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road, and some threw branches. Uh, uh, Luke doesn't tell us about the palm branches, but, but the other gospels do. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles they had what? Now, that's important. Keep that in mind. Why are they praising Jesus for the miracles they have seen? Can I tell you what was the, the latest miracle Jesus had just done before he came into Jerusalem? He resurrected Lazarus. I don't know if you knew that. But before his resurrections, one of his greatest and last miracles was what? The resurrection of his friend Lazarus. Verse 38, blesses the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Let me say that again. Look at what they were shouting. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. 
I tell you, he replied, that's Jesus. If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, look at this. He wept over it and said, if even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now, check this out, it is hidden from your eyes. Here's a moment of glory. Here's a moment of victory. And one of the reasons that people laid down palm branches is because palm branches were a symbol of victory. Here's a moment of victory, but Jesus highlights a bigger reality. That they are missing what they wanted the most. And he weeps over that. And look at what he says in verse 43. The day will come, and we know that that was in in the year 70 AD. The day will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment against you and encircle you and hem you on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another. Here's why. Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Would you bow your head? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We know that you're in this place. We want to hear your word. We want to understand your word. But most importantly, we want to be transformed and changed by your word. Father, among us is the King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray that our eyes, that the eyes of our heart, of our understanding would be open to see you this morning in our midst. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You're familiar with the expression, hidden in plain sight, right? I'm sure somebody has said that to you. If you're married, I'm sure your wife has said that to you. What are you, ciego? It's right there. It's hidden in plain sight, right? That expression alludes to the reality that something is visible, but it's missed. That something can be seen, but for some reason, someone doesn't see it. Let me give you an example. I want to show you a picture. And I want to ask you, what is it that you see? What is it that you see? How many of you guys see the man serenading the woman? How many of you guys see a man serenading a woman, right? He's got a guitar, right? That's a picture of my dad and my mom in Mexico, right? How many of you guys see the old couple facing each other? See, the truth is that both are there. But some of us, we see the, cup, the, cup, the, the couple that is serenading, and some of us see the older couple that is facing each other. Because there are things that are visible that sometimes our eyes do not catch. How many of you guys have ever been looking for your car keys when they're hanging in your belt or your pocket all along? How many of you guys have been going nuts trying to find your glasses and they're in your head? Right? Things that are visible, but that somehow we miss. Now, there's some practical physical things, but there's also some non-material things that often are visible to others that are not visible to us. Let me give you two examples. Opportunities. 
there are times that there are opportunities in front of us, but we can't see them. Another example is danger. Sometimes there's danger in front of us and we're making that same dumb mistake that we've made a bunch of times that we said we weren't going to do and we can't see it, but others can. And when they try to tell us, we tell them that they're just haters. Right? Because it's hidden on plain sight. Now, before you feel bad, which I hope uh, you know that I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Before you feel bad, this is exactly what happened on Palm Sunday. See, you have to know that the Israelites were, were, were oppressed by the Romans. And before the Romans, there were other groups of people who had constantly oppressed them. And they were desperately waiting for their Messiah. They were desperately waiting for the Savior that would come and free them from, from the slavery, from the, from the oppression, from, from the government of the Roman Empire. And that they would finally be free. They were waiting for a king and their king had come their king was with them but they missed it why did they miss it how is it that you can miss something that you've wanted all along well they missed it because their king did not come in the way that they expected him to come now Come on, somebody's got to help me preach. Because sometimes we ask God for things and God gives them to us. But because they don't look the way we expected them, we miss them. And then we get angry at God, right? Like somehow we got a right to be angry at God. Come on, can somebody say with me, Lord, open my eyes. They missed it. Listen, what they desired the most which was peace. They wanted peace. They wanted to be able to be people that could enjoy their lives and have peace. They wanted to have an identity. They wanted to be able to have their own glory. And what they wanted most, they missed it because when it came, they couldn't see it. Look at what Jesus said in verse, what is it, 19? Look at what it says. This is Jesus speaking. He says, how I wish today that you, of all people, why of all people? Because if somebody ought to know, it should have been them. That you, out of all people, would understand the way to peace. Anybody else remember what Jesus said? I am the what? The way. He is the way to peace. He says, but now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Now, check this out. Check this out. This is why this is important. Because they missed it. Because they missed it. And any time we miss God, there's danger. And the danger is that we will continue on our path to destruction. And for them, it was physical. For, for us, many times it is physical, but sometimes it is not. Sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it's mental. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's relational. Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's in our identity. But whenever we miss Jesus, you can be sure that you are not walking on the path to life, but you are walking on the path to destruction. That, that's, 
That's the importance of making sure that we can see Jesus. Because when we miss it, we don't just miss an opportunity. We miss the greatest opportunity of our life. And they missed it. They sang to him. They laid down their clothes. They laid down the branches. They made a way for him. But they still missed it. And the same thing happens today. Jesus is still active in our lives. Jesus is still showing up in our lives. Jesus is still walking in our storms. Jesus is still knocking on our door. But many people can't see him and they miss him. How can it be? How is it that somebody can miss him? Well, the answer is not your glasses. The answer is your perspective. The way you think. The way you choose to see things. And what we need to do this morning as we celebrate his triumphal entry is ask the Lord to change our perspective. To help us see the way we need to see. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 6, It's right there in your outlines. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light to your whole body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body is filled with what? Darkness. With darkness. Our perspective matters. Our perspective, the way we choose to see things, has great consequences or great benefits. And church, I want to suggest today that we greatly need to begin to see the way God wants us to see. It's time that we stop seeing things as a Democrat or a Republican. It's time that we stop seeing things as a Mexican or Salvadorian. It's time that we stop seeing things as a man or as a woman. It's time that we stop seeing things as a 40-something or a 20-something. It's time that we see the way God wants us to see. Because unless we do that, we will miss the king in our midst. So... If we, need, if we want to change our perspective, if you're here this morning and you say, all right, pastor, how do I change my perspective? How do I make sure I do not miss Jesus? Well, let me give you three ways. Number one, if you want to see the king, you have to change your perspective. And the first way that you do that is that you need to go from the natural to the spiritual. We need to go from the natural to the spiritual. Can I confess something to you? I got to confess something to you, okay? This is me. This is not the Bible. This is me. I grew up in a very legalistic, hyper-Pentecostal church where everything was spiritualized. The Power Rangers were bad. McDonald's was bad. Pokemon was bad. By the way, if you're wondering, I still play Pokemon. Here's the thing. And sometimes, many of us have experienced that kind of Christianity. And what we've done is that we've gone to the other extreme. 
And we've become very natural people who are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit anymore. Listen, extremes are never, are never healthy. The answers are hardly ever found in extremes. The healthy, godly answer is usually found in messy middles. It was at that messy cross where grace and truth were fully and perfectly exposed. And many, when I look at the church today, there is a tendency in us to not be spiritual people. And I'm not talking about, you know, casting demons out of McDonald's. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is spiritual people that say, I know the Holy Spirit is with me and he will guide me and use me. It's spiritual people that say, oh man, I think I just had this weird dream. But it's spiritual people that are in tune with the Holy Spirit and they have discernment and they know when it's God speaking to them. Not the burrito, not the tacos, not the torta, the Holy Spirit. And see, the crowd on that Palm Sunday missed Jesus because Jesus did not appear to them the way they thought he he should be. They wanted a political figure. They wanted a Roman general. They wanted a physical kingdom. And Jesus, Jesus is more than a political figure. He was God in human flesh. Jesus was more than a ruler of people. He was the king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus owned more than, than, than an actual territory. He conquered all the kingdoms of heaven and of earth. Jesus was more than a political liberator. He was the one who would set his people free free of sin and death and they missed it because they were natural people there was no spiritual to them today and many people today can't see Jesus because they are trying to see him with their natural eyes making him to be who they think he ought to be you know you know what I learned back in 2020 and 2021 That the Democrats think Jesus is Democratic. And that the Republicans think Jesus is Republican. We all make him out to be. Jesus would get the vaccine and Jesus would not get the vaccine. Because we make him to be who we want him to be. And we can't do that because when we do that, we are going to miss him. One time, Jesus was asked... Are you the Messiah? Are you the one we've been waiting for? And maybe that's a question that you would have and say, all right, well, how do I know what the real king looks like? Well, look at the answer he gave. Luke 17, verses 19 to 22. Look at what he says. He, John, remember John the Baptist? John sent some of his disciples. He sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? So he, Jesus, replied to the messengers. Here's what he replied. Go back and report to John what you have what? Seen. Why why were they praising Jesus at the triumphal entry? Because of the miraculous signs that they had seen. He says, 
Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the death are raised, and the good news is proclaim what? To the poor. Jesus' kingdom is a spiritual kingdom that is manifested by his supernatural power. We have to ask ourselves, are we seeing the spiritual kingdom of Jesus be manifested in our lives? And see, this Easter, many people will miss Jesus. Many people will see only a religious figure. Many people will only see a good man on a cross. This Easter, many people will see just a a great weekend. This weekend, this coming weekend, many people will just see a service with a preacher. This coming weekend, many people will see the lights and the decorations. This coming Easter, people will see the fun and games and maybe the Easter bunny. But they will miss Jesus. And they will miss him, not because he's not among us, but because they have natural eyes and they are not seeing with their spiritual eyes. Church, I'd like to suggest that there is something powerful going on in our church spiritually. That right now, God is tugging and touching the lives of family members, of friends, of neighbors of yours. And there is something supernatural going on. And unless you have spiritual eyes to see it, you'll miss it. So if you want to see the king, the first thing you got to do is, is switch from the natural to the spiritual. But the second thing you got to do, and you can fill this out in your outlines. If you want to see the king, you have to go from human understanding to knowing the word of God. To knowing the word of God. By the way, if you're afraid of being this weird spiritual person. And you say, Pastor, how can, I, how can I be a spiritual person without, you know, going to the far end? The second point is your answer. Go from human understanding to the word of God. Look at what Matthew 21, 5 says. Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. You know why people, the people missed Jesus that day? Because they didn't know scripture. See, Zechariah 9.9 had prophesied that the king of the Jews would come in riding on a donkey. And if they had known that prophecy, they would have known what they were seeing. But because they didn't know scriptures, they missed it. They missed it. And many people today miss the power of God in their lives. Many people today miss the healing that God has to offer them. Many people today miss the joy that God offers them because they do not know scripture. We are a generation, we are a culture that is based on our feelings and emotions and inclinations. If it feels good, it must be good. If it looks good, then it should be good. But let me tell you, many people today are living lives and making decisions that are destroying them, that are destroying their marriage, that are destroying their self-esteem, that are destroying their identity, that are destroying their health, 
that are leading them not to a better place, but to a sadder and worse place. And all because the ultimate authority in their life is not the word of God, but their emotions. If you're somebody who makes decisions based on what you feel and think, let me tell you, you're going to make a lot of erratical decisions. Our emotions cannot be trusted. They need to be validated. They need to be accepted. They need to be processed. But you cannot make decisions based on your emotions. You know, if I eat a good taco, it affects how I feel. If I eat a bad taco, it affects how I feel. So how reliable can something be that can be changed by a good or a bad taco? Thank you, Stephen. Did you say amen to the taco or to me? Church, you want, to miss, you want to make sure you don't miss Jesus? You got to get in this book. You got to get in this book. If you're not getting in this book, and listen, I know, I know some of you have questions about this book. I know some of you are like, but pastor, was one day in Genesis 24 hours or was it a long time? Did no one really happen? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. If one day in Genesis was 24 hours or a longer period, does that change your salvation? Right? If, if Noah put thousands or millions of animals in a boat or not, does that change your salvation? No. What it, I mean, I'm not saying those things don't matter, but sometimes we let non-essentials affect the essentials. You know what, what matters in this book? That I understand that Jesus went to the cross, not because he had to, but because he loved me. Amen. That God sent a savior. That God sent a savior because that's what I needed the most. And many people miss Jesus because they don't know this book. They only know a few verses, the feel-good verses. And that's why when hard times come, they don't know what to do. Did you know Jesus spoke about what to do when hard times come? Amen. In fact, he warned us that hard times would come. Yes. Have you ever wondered how is it that pilots can maneuver a plane in the middle of a storm? Have you ever wondered? I don't know if you've ever been uh, on a plane while there's a storm. I've never been and I hope I never get to be in one. But if you've ever been on a plane in the middle of a storm, you know how horrible that is. You don't know up from down, right? And the pilot at that time in that situation cannot depend on what he feels or he thinks. Because what if he thinks he's going up when he's going down? So how does a pilot maneuver a plane when there's a storm? I'll tell you how. He's got a dashboard. And the dashboard will tell him the direction of the plane. 
That dashboard will tell him the speed of the plane. The dashboard will tell him if the plane is going up or it's going down. That dashboard will tell him how far from the ground he is. That dashboard will tell him the conditions of the outside. And when the pilot looks to the dashboard and makes decisions based on the dashboard, he can get to safety. Well, church, that dashboard that God has given us is called the Word of God. And when times get tough... And we don't look within, but we look to him. You can make sure that you will end in the path of life. But we will miss Jesus if we don't know the scriptures. See, the scriptures, sometimes we use the scriptures just to kind of make us feel good. Oh, I'm having a bad day today. Let me find something that will cheer me up. You know what's more important than feeling good? Doing good. Because doing good is what leads you to feeling good. And sometimes there's nothing wrong if you're feeling down and you need a little pick-me-up. But sometimes you got to go in there and say, Lord, you know, I've been having a nasty attitude. Can you tell me what's going on? And I know you want him to tell you, oh, don't worry, I still love you. And he does. But, But the Word of God says that he also disciplines those whom he loves. And sometimes we miss Jesus, especially in our storms, because we don't know the word of God. Because we don't know the word of God. So if you want to see the king, you got to go from human understanding to knowing the scriptures. Here's my last point. If you want to see the king, here's how you change your perspective. You got to go from the bad treasure to the good treasure of the heart. And I know some of you guys are thinking, what? the heck does that mean i'll tell you in just a minute but to change our perspective we got to go from the bad treasure of our heart and i'll tell you this before i explain it you got some bad treasure in your heart we all do we all got some junk in here okay i know some of you look really pretty and you smell really good and you shower and, and and you're beautiful you're gorgeous but let me tell you you got some nasty stuff in that heart And we got to go from the nasty to the good. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, look at what Jesus said in Matthew 12, 35. You ready? It says a good man or a good woman, okay? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what? Good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures, what? Brings forth evil things. The Bible tells us time after time that we need to guard what takes the attention of our heart. We need to guard where our focus is because where our focus is determines what fills our heart. And some of you, you're trying to be good people, but you're filling your heart with a bunch of junk. And the reason sometimes we miss Jesus is because we are drawing out of the bad treasure of our heart. Listen, if you focus on good things, good things will fill your heart. If you focus on bad things, bad things will fill your heart. If I focus on myself, 
I'm going to have a very greedy and selfish attitude. If I focus on money and my bank account, then greed is going to fill my heart. If I focus on my problems, then my heart is going to be filled with worry. If I focus on my needs, my heart is going to be filled with stress. If I focus on what other people think of me, my heart is going to be filled with insecurities. What? is filling your heart because what fills your heart can affect whether you can see Jesus or not. Can I prove this to you? Let me prove this to you. Remember the story of the, of the disciples on the road to MS. Remember, I don't know if you know this story, but it says that after Jesus was crucified and he was buried, all of the disciples, many of the disciples were disappointed, but that two of them were heading back to Emmaus, to the city. And as they were heading back, Jesus appeared to them. And look at what the Bible says in Luke 24, 15 and 16. Look at what it says. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself, by the way, let me stop there. What is it that they were discussing amongst themselves? You know what they were discussing? Their disappointment, their sadness. Because they had put all their hopes on this man named Jesus and now he was dead. But look at what happened. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But their eyes were kept from what? From recognizing him. Why is it that their eyes were kept from recognizing him? Because these men were looking through their disappointment. Through their sadness. And if you read the story, it says that Jesus came along them and he started talking to them and he started showing them how everything in scripture pointed to Jesus and how it was necessary that this Jesus would die, but that he would also resurrect. And Jesus spent all this time and all this time that he was with them. In fact, when they got to the town, it got late and they even invited Jesus to stay with them. And as they stayed with him, they, they, they were going to have supper and it was at this moment of supper that their eyes were finally opened. Why? Because for a day, for a full day, Jesus had been pouring into their, the good treasure of their heart. Amen. And he had been showing them, hey, this is not a disappointment. This is the plan. Hey, this is not defeat. This is the strategy. What fills your heart? Look at what Paul told the church of Philippians in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Look at what he says. Fix your thoughts on what? On what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Hey, can I confess something else to you? Um. <clears throat> I've had a really rough week. And in fact, I want to ask you this week. I, I know many of you pray for me, but I need all of you to be praying for me this week. Okay. This coming week is going to be a glorious week. And not that I'm any more special than you are. I'm just ahead of the line. Right. And, and the enemy is going to try to come after me. And he's already tried to come after me. So I need you praying for me this week. Okay. And I don't ask that boastfully. I ask that humbly. But let me confess something to you. Um, I, I, I've been having... Some pretty rough weeks, these last two weeks. And um, I didn't ask permission for Manolo to say this, but it's, I think he'll be okay. Yesterday we went out for a run and 
You know, he called me out on something that I said. And when you have good friends, you know, they can tell you the hard stuff. And it hurts, but you're grateful for it. Right? Right? Okay, so I'm the only one that does that. Okay. <laughs> and he called me out on something. And as he was calling me out on it, the Holy Spirit started ministering to me. And he helped me to realize that there were some hurts in my heart that were affecting the way I was talking, acting, and thinking. And I even told him, I go, you know, I think, I think there's some pain, there's some hurt in my heart that God has to deal with. And, and I think I saw Lorena in here. She, she, she'll understand. We had some conversations this week. And I think she'll understand why our conversations, at least with me, went the way they did. Because it was out of the bad treasure of my heart that my mouth was speaking. So guess what I did this morning? When our prayer team came up, said, I need God to heal my heart. And I came up for prayer. And Steve prayed a wonderful prayer over me. And I believe that healing has began to take place in my heart. And by the way, me confessing it to you is part of my healing. Because if I hold it, because if I hold it, then it has power. Right? But now, you know, so, so, so if I'm not too happy, especially because the Dodgers lost yesterday, you know why I'm hurting. I'm hurting, right? And listen, church, I share this with you. I share this with you to encourage you. Some of us, we got pain. We have betrayal. We were taken advantage of. We have been ignored. And all that junk has stored in our heart. And it's hard for us to celebrate Jesus because we wonder how could a good God let this bad happen to me? We wonder where was God when, when this was happening to me? And I want to tell you that he was there all along and that he's never left your sight. And just like these two disciples that were disappointed, that were going back home, he met them on the road and he'll meet you right where you are. And he'll heal your heart and he'll point you in the right direction. After, look, look at what it says. Look, look at what verse at Luke 29, 24, 31 says. After the supper, after they took supper, it says that then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And you know what was the first thing these disciples did once they realized it was Jesus? They ran back to Jerusalem to tell the rest of the disciples. Hey, he's not dead. He is alive. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. 
Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.